clear eyes, full hearts. Let's go play some football. Let's go. Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is Allie Dickin, Director of Brand Marketing for the San Francisco 49ers. Allie, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Rob. How are you? I am doing absolutely amazing for several reasons, one of them being the NFL draft is in two days, and we're recording this on Tuesday, about 48 hours before the NFL draft, and what we're going to jam about today is a combination of things. Uh, The 49ers have their 75th anniversary campaign. Uh, Last year, I had Alex Chang, the CMO of the 49ers, on to talk about the Faithful to the Bay campaign, and of course, we're also going to talk about the countdown to the draft how's all that sound sounds great so let's start with the draft because it's the thing that i am most excited about and i want to see if you could give us some behind the scenes of what's going on in your world from a marketing standpoint as it relates to the nfl draft Yeah, so a lot's going on for us. Um, So this past Sunday night, we um, revealed our 75th logo and announced that it was our 75th season. So we released that with a hero video revealing the logo. And that really was the start of our draft week in terms of content. Um, So for us, it's been a lot of integrating that 75th branding into all of our assets that are going to be going out on digital social. So all of our creative integration into our pre-draft show countdown to draft so 75th logo and branding integration into that Um, and then just all of our content that we're working on for draft so much goes into preparing when you don't know who you're going to pick and having to be prepared for all different scenarios so uh, a lot going on but we're really excited to see what unfolds on on thursday When it comes to the content creation for the draft, do you guys have things templatized as much as you can so that you can then, depending on who you guys pick, throw it into something that you've already created so you're not starting completely from scratch? For sure, yeah. So our design team has a folder and basically um, they look at, you know, really they do it for an insane amount of prospects um, and cut out those players so that we have their imagery ready to go. Um, so it's really templatized as much as possible uh, to be able to quickly, you know, drag and drop um, when the picks are made to be able to get that content out timely and, uh, you know, very, very timely um, as soon as it as it happens. So, um, yeah, that's re- that's really the process that our design team does in terms of being able to quickly uh, plug and play. What is the buzz like inside an organization for the NFL draft? And certainly the 49ers have all the eyeballs in the NFL on them right now, sitting at the number three pick, having traded up. I know I'm excited and I'm a casual fan, but what's it like being in an organization where this is actually part of what you do? It's crazy. I mean, I've worked in sports for a long time and it's always exciting going into draft and um, you know, to we all go on social and see what everyone is saying. And definitely we're at the forefront of what people are talking about right now in terms of the anticipation around who we're going to pick and all of that. So uh, there's a really exciting buzz in the organization that we're just excited for the future. I mean, we have a very talented team and uh, to just be able to add on top of that this year, uh, especially with the number three pick is just icing on the cake for all of us. So we're all just really excited to see what happens. 
Have you guys seen your draft coverage or content increase throughout the years as the NFL has grown, as has content? Because it feels like every single year we want to be consuming more and more, which means you guys need to be able to either keep up with that or present the opportunities. Like you mentioned, having a pre-draft show 20 years ago, I don't know if teams were doing pre-draft shows. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been elevated on a league level. There's been, I mean, even from when I started end of 2016 to now, um, there's been a lot more uh, content opportunities that have been given from the league side. Um, prior to last year with COVID, there was on the ground activation that we were doing at, at draft with clubs. Um, so there's definitely, I think over the years, we're seeing more of a focus on on spotlighting uh, draft and and giving you know clubs more opportunities to to engage with it and um and as things are shifting you know to more virtual too especially after last year um adding more virtual programming and um, the nfl has their draft-a-thon that they do as well where different players and celebrities are going to be calling into that they did that last year for um for covid um, when everything was virtual but um, yeah, definitely there's been an increase in terms of, of eyeballs on draft for sure. And whenever we have a, uh, you know, an early pick that, that definitely helps too. I'm curious how quickly the marketing team gets the opportunity to engage or create with the new players that a team drafts. So irregardless of who you guys draft at number three, how quickly does all of a sudden, all right, now we can start building branding around him from an in-person side of things because you've probably got a lot of, let's call it stock content or their college content. But as a 49ers fan, I would want to start hearing behind the scenes. Let me start endearing myself to the player. So what does that look like for you guys? Because I can't imagine that Kyle Shanahan's like, you know what, let's send them to marketing first. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's different every year and it's different with um, with the picks and timeline and all of that. Um, the big thing on our list whenever we get a, a new player, um, whether that's through draft or, um, or a trade or an off-season acquisition, but um, it's bringing them in and being able to do a media day with them in full uniform. So, um, you know, until then, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Photoshopping to put jerseys on them. Um, you know, for content and until we can really get um, that 49ers specific content of them in, in uniform. But really, it just depends every year and what that timing looks like um, compared to their other obligations. They have league obligations um, and partner obligations night of um, of draft. And so it really depends on when they come in and when, when we can get them in uniform. And uh, the earlier, the better is best for us. So let's keep things looking forward and talk a little bit more about the 75th anniversary campaign that the 49ers are doing. Can you give us a little bit of insight on that? Yes. So the 75th anniversary, um, we've been working on this for a really long time. So it actually started in summer of 2019. We got sent. Um, that's really, there's kind of a cool story with it. So summer of 2019, we were sent a um, cold email to a um, handful of us at the organization from a college student who had been working on a school project and he chose for his school project to do it on our 75th anniversary. And he had sent us a deck with a bunch of ideas. And um, the cool thing that ended up happening is we were actually hiring for a designer at the time and we he ended up getting the job. So we were able to bring him in and, and he actually took the lead on developing our logo. So those initial conversations and developing the logo and the branding 
really started, um, you know, once he got brought on board, we really started that fall of 2019. Um, and then it was, you know, quite a process from there of, you know, you have to work very closely with the league on a, on a 75th anniversary celebration. And um, anytime you alter a jersey, like by adding a patch, it's quite the process um, with the league and Nike for that. Um, so the timelines, you have to start, you know, very early. So we were working very closely with the league on that and Nike and um, the company that did our patch. Uh, last spring, we were, you know, getting all the proofs of the, of the patch, um, tweaking colors, tweaking embroidery, just all of the details in that. Um, and so last summer, we finalized, you know, the patch and submitted that. And then um, this past Sunday night, we launched 75th with our hero video um, that, you know, it's a diamond celebration this year for our 75th. And so uh, the video had a concept of basically a diamond with the reflections in the diamond showing highlights of, uh, you know, 49ers through the years, the past 75 years. So that went out on Sunday, 75th is integrated into, into everything for draft this week. And then um, beyond, uh, you know, we have other key points in the marketing calendar of uh, really, you know, 75th integration ahead of season, and then quite a few things planned for this season as well. Um, but yeah, in short, it, it's quite a process to, to do an anniversary season and a lot goes into that. And let that be a testament to everyone who says, how do you get a job working in sports or for a professional sports team? And what I love is the hustle from that kid to be proactive two years in advance. And, oh, by the way, when you get the choice of what you want to create for a college project, him having the forward-thinking nature to be like, let me create for the San Francisco 49ers 75th anniversary campaign, which, by the way, he has to be a huge 49ers fan to be able to think two years in advance but there is no traditional way for how you create your dream opportunity and let that be a fantastic example of that oh for sure i mean he took a shot sending that to all of us and it was you know a big deck with with massive um you know actually a variety of just a different ideas of things that we could do um and he, we ended up bringing him in and um, the logo changed from what he had initially um, had in his school project, but uh, various things that were in his project, um, you know, ended up coming to life. And so really cool for him and um, shout out Brandon Tam. That's our designer um, that did the school project and got in and yeah, great, great, um, you know, example of someone just taking a shot and doing that and getting their foot in the door. When I look at, anniversary or special edition anything for a team what interests me the most is the merchandise and the apparel more specifically for me i love hats i love just rocking a hat and making it look fresh and i'm curious from your guys perspective what goes into the apparel or creating a hat side of things? Because I have to imagine with the buzz the 49ers are receiving from the upcoming draft and then this being a 75th anniversary edition, everyone's going to want a fresh new 49ers hat. For sure. You're spot on. So retail is really important to us. It was really important for us with our Faithful to the Bay campaign that launched ahead of season last year. And then also a really important pillar of our 75th anniversary. So um, the retail timelines are also, you have to do things way in advance for retail as well. So, I mean, we've been working on um, the retail thought process since uh, early last year, really. Um, so really long um, timelines to be able to get retail done, but that was something we really prioritized. 
Um, retail is huge in terms of when you think of the brand, um, people being able to buy merchandise and rep that um, wherever they live. It's just such an important part of marketing um, to have retail availability and um, you know to have people out wearing your brand. Um, so that's a huge piece for us. Um, so yeah, our conversations uh, started first and foremost with Mitchell and Ness, who had done a Faithful to the Bay collection with us for last year. Um, so started with them on a lot of the overseas product that had um, really you know a long runway for for those, and then um, ended up getting a lot of other um, retailers involved, um, Forty Seven Brand and um, Highland and Mint, and so we're working on a lot of different um, things, both hard goods and apparel that'll be available to fans. And um, on Monday or Sunday night when we launched the video, we also launched um, a select number of items um, for this week for launch week, including shirts, commemorative footballs and hats um, that fans can already purchase now. You mentioned the Faithful to the Bay campaign, and I'm curious to hear how it went because last year was a very unique year for sports fans everywhere with the pandemic. The NFL, to their credit, was able to make it through the entire season there. And starting with that, what was it like for you guys, and how did that campaign work out? The campaign did really well. I mean, overall, um, we launched right ahead of season in August of last year. We got over 3 million um, engagements and impressions on digital social. We sold out of our Faithful to the Bay retail collection. Um, our hero piece of that retail collection um, was the satin jack jacket, red and gold um, throwback satin jacket that had Faithful to the Bay on, on the back. And those we couldn't keep in stock. We did multiple reorders of those, um, even upped our amount that we ordered for this year. Um, so on top of that, we also, um, I believe Alex touched on this last time when you guys chatted, but um, we really grew our relationships with our celebrities and social influencers as well. Um, and we were able to include them in really um, unique ways. We had um, Sweetie coming on and she was a guest on a virtual fan event that we had. Um, we had Tyler Rich, who's a country singer, uh, perform at our virtual graduation last year. So. Um, really used it as an opportunity to kind of push ourselves and, and think outside the box of how can we find new ways um, to involve them. And um, so just overall, the Faithful to the Bay campaign um, did, has done really well so far. And we're really excited to, as with it being a multi-year campaign, to, to continue that um, this year and beyond. How have you guys adapted or shifted your mindset this year as it relates to fan engagement? Because the temperature in the room is slightly different, but we didn't forget and we're still just in a different part of this process. So I'm curious from you guys, uh, what are you thinking about for this upcoming season? So for us, I mean, we're really excited right now looking at other sports, specifically other Bay Area teams, the Sharks, the Giants that are getting A's that are getting fans back. Um, and so that's really encouraging to see. And we're really excited about, you know, having fans in stadium this season. Um, we know we'll have fans. It's just to what degree. Um, so that's still being worked on. But um, for us, you know, we're really looking forward to being able to have that in-person connection with fans again. It was really cool last year to, um, you know, given the circumstance, again, we had to push ourselves and think of new ways to connect with fans and do virtual events with them and all of that. But you definitely miss, um, you know, going on a year of that or over a year of that now, you miss that in-person element. So 
for us, we're just really excited about um, about being able to connect with the faithful in person again. So I'm curious on two things then. One, do you expect that we will continue to see more digital? And then number two, do you think that that's going to put an even more of an emphasis on the in-person since we're all craving for it so much, but we also realize the potential that digital offers someone who's not in the Bay to still connect with the 49ers almost like a... I know things weren't exactly what we wanted last year, but we learned a lot that's actually going to allow us to engage both online and offline even more. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there are learnings that we took from last year of, you know, looking at our um, fan base, you know, only X percent of those, a small amount of those fans are really able to come to the stadium and come to a game. Um when you look at, you know, all the fans that we have across the world. So I think it's important just to still have a virtual element of thinking, you know, how can we engage these fans who aren't able to to step foot in the building and, and come to games um, and continue to think of that and have that top of mind. Um, so I, I definitely think last year, you know, it was a good exercise for us to have to go through, you know, really we started off with having to completely flip draft very quickly and, and turn that um, into a virtual experience, a virtual draft party. Um, so I think there's elements we can definitely take moving forward, but um, I know we are excited to have that in-person element back for sure. Allie, I really enjoy following what the 49ers are doing. It's a credit to you guys to jump on this show and talk a little bit more about what's going on from a marketing mindset side of things, because I know so many people dream of working in sports or for a sports team and want to know the inner workings. And you guys do a very good job, certainly with uh, the rich history that you guys have, as well as your forward thinking nature on things. I'm curious how you bridge the gap on that, where you're still focused on today while still showing love to uh, the years past when everything was always fantastic. Yeah, I think for us, I mean, we are, I always tell people we're blessed that we have such a rich history and to work for a legacy brand is just a dream. So I think for us, it's never forgetting that past, right? There's so many iconic moments in 49ers history. So always nodding to our history and that tradition, but thinking forward in terms of what can we do to um, really capture those future fans. Um, we have the, you know, the fans that are already fans of our team and, um, you know, so many of them can relate to when we show clips through the years of Montana and Jerry Rice and Steve Young, but we have a lot of newer fans that, you know, are either, you know, just becoming a fan or, um, you know, those future fans that are at an age where, you know, we could be getting them as a fan. So thinking about how we, as a brand, we can push ourselves um, to be more current and culturally relevant. Um, you know, music is a big part of that. Um, influencers, celebrity, um, of just ways to to really help the brand, um, you know, be future focused and current and relevant. Um, TikTok's another great great example of that. Um, so really looking at ways to strategically use platforms and relationships to push the brand forward, um, while also you know being sure to to honor and and pay tribute to our past at the same time. So it's just a balance of that um, for sure. 
And by the way, I have to give a shout out to George Kittle. Loved his podcast that he did with Kyle Brandt on 10 Questions. 10 Questions is one of my favorite podcasts because I love all things sports and all things football. Kyle's an awesome host. Love GMFB. But George Kittle is one of my favorite players in football because he's a personality. He mixes excellence and mindset. And it was such a great opportunity to get to know a little bit more about how he ticks. So he's both funny and serious and excellent at the same time. Mm -hmm. Do you have any insight on George Kittle that you can share with us? Because I know so many people love him. I mean, Kittle's just the best. When we think of personality, he's, you know, the first one that comes to mind of just a larger than life personality. Um, so he's great to work with whenever we do shoots with him. Um, you know, we did a Kittle bobblehead and we did some content uh, that we captured with him and the bobblehead and he was really fun on that shoot. So but I'd tell people that he's exactly what you see when he does an interview. Um, he's exactly like that. Um, just a great guy with a, an awesome personality. And, um, you know, when I gave the example of, you know, looking towards the future of being culturally relevant, you, you know, utilizing our relationships with celebrity and influencers and, and pop culture, you know, an example we did with Kittle last year is um, we had video of Kittle uh, during, during training camp uh, singing a skater boy by Avril Lavigne, uh, which I didn't even know he would know that song. Uh, but we had video of him singing that um, got in touch with Avril Lavigne's team um, and actually, you know, sent Avril a jersey and she did a video message for Kittle uh, that was played in game. Uh, we surprised him with that shout out from Avril during a game, captured content of it, and that did really well on social. Um, the NFL amplified it. Um, so that's an example of being able to use our players and um, that celebrity influencer integration um, to, you know, have touch on pop culture and, and integrate that into our marketing. Allie, really enjoyed this conversation. Certainly all eyes will be on the 49ers when that card comes up for the number three pick. And we, of course, will be following the 75th anniversary campaign. Where can everybody connect with you and learn more about what you guys have going on? Yeah, so I, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Allie Dickin on LinkedIn. And then also I'm on Twitter as Allie721, A-L-L-I-E, 721. Um, and then in terms of, you know, 49ers site, we have 49ers.com and our dedicated 75th page is 49ers.com slash 75. Um, so you can go there to learn more about what we're up to for the 70 with the 75th anniversary. And I want to hear from you. I'm curious how your sports fun, your sports fandom for the NFL has changed from last year to this year. We're certainly in a different climate. I know on my end, I'm craving even more football, but I would love to hear from you. You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy, and you can head to robcressy.com. I got a lot of resources for you on content creation and brand marketing. I would love to help you on your journey. Maybe that was money. Tell me that wasn't money. <laughs>